In this episode of Your Wellness, I talked to Tim Page Bator from Arizona. Tim is a military veteran who has transferred his military experiences into a prosperous career as a health and safety expert. As an international safety speaker and lecturer, Tim has mastered the ability to infuse humor and engagement with every workshop and keynote address he delivers. During our chat, he emphasizes the importance of linking wellness and psychological safety to every discussion on keeping workers safe, and also shares his own personal wellness journey. And yes, real men do dance and watch Hallmark movies. You will learn the value of connectivity in a pandemic world and the blessings and lessons that have been learned over the past two years. All that and more on your wellness. Well, I'm excited to introduce my next guest, Tim Page Botorf, to the podcast. Welcome, Tim. Hi, Lisa. How are you? Awesome. I'm excited to have you on the show. Uh, you have We have so much to talk about. And you have so many layers to your, your story. First of all, you are from Arizona. What's the name of your town in Arizona? I live in a town called Mesa. It's the third largest city here in Arizona. Behind Phoenix okay, and Arizona. Tucson. All right. And Arizona's in the States. And you are also an author. I hear you're also a lecturer, a health and safety expert. Stop me if I if I'm wrong here. Health and safety expert. <laughs> oh, go on, go on, uh, go on, please. I'll keep going. <laughs> you are a military veteran. You are a father, a husband, and you also have a fairly new podcast called Storytelling and Safety. And I love it because you dedicate it to veterans, wellness, and psychological safety. So I, I honor you on that uh, and, and putting that together. So welcome to the show, Tim. We've got a lot to talk about. Well, thank you for having me. And I appreciate you inviting me. And it was, uh, I'm, I'm, I've seen you around at conferences before. We, were out, we never really formally met. So I'm glad we actually got a chance to meet. Uh, we've spent some times in airports kind of waiting for flights that are delayed, but so uh, this is. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. <laughs> so I want to talk about, I want to keep this chat focused on wellness and mental well-being as it relates to health and safety. So we have that in common. We're both committed to the health and safety of workers and bringing wellness and mental health into that conversation. So I, but before we get into that, there's still some more things about you that I learned that I think is really interesting. So our listeners will, would be interesting to know that you love Star Wars, and that's probably no surprise. I can see your backdrops full of Star Wars stuff. Really <laughs> I cool. Do, I do love Star Wars, and I find in the world of Star Wars, even though I'm such a nerd about it, there are so many great analogies and stories. And since you know I was a kid, you saw a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Every time I see those green words on a black screen, I know there's a great story coming. So there's, especially in the world of safety, since we need a lot of stories and that's where I got my impetus for the podcast. So thanks for bringing that up. Ah. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Uh, you've also, you've also mentioned that you've been to every American state and traveled to every Canadian province and I'm Canadian and I, I don't think I've been to every Canadian province. So Good for you for uh, hitting every every corner of this this continent. And the last thing I want to share is you watch the Hallmark Channel too much. So thank you for being honest about that. <laughs> well, it is the time of year, so <laughs> yeah, it's always November first when it rolls around. You're you're stuck to the TV. Even in July, they have Christmas in July, so it's kind of like I find myself. It's true. Watching it's those true. shows. Yeah. 
Well, let's let's transport back a few years um, when you were uh, having your your military career, and I, I'm interested to find out how you have used that experience to link it to health and safety, or maybe you didn't. I'm just curious to find out how your military career kind of molded who you are today and why you're so passionate about health and safety. Well, thank you for that question. I think it back. The military literally is what got me started into everything. I had to turn my life around and I had to make some decisions that, uh, you know, when you're a young child and I say young child, most military men that join the military, they're, they join at 18, 18, 19 years old. So they're still kind of a kid, um, but I had to grow up. And what I thought was growing up with taking care of my brother um, wasn't really growing up. I, there's other things I had to learn. So the military got me to grow up, number one. Number two, I met my current wife, um, my, my, my wife, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> current wife. My, Hopefully she's my, the one you're going to keep. Yeah, my future wife too. <laughs> um, I met my future wife, um, current wife, and my entire wife. I met her <laughs> and then just things started to shape up and I, I started to get some, I guess the word that I would use is I, I feel like that I had, I had to do something with my life and I started to get this this jump, this motivation. Um, so I, I, she was she says it's not her, but the, the military got me to, to start doing things. It started to take uh, the, the bull by the horn, so to speak. So I, I actually got offered when I was in the military working in an S4 logistics office, which they take care of transportation. They take care of explosives. I got an offer to attend this class called train the trainer for Hazwopper in the United States. It's hazardous waste operations and emergency response. And then slowly but surely got trained in additional duties to be a firefighter. Um, some rescue training started to happen. And then all of a sudden, I found myself looking into OSHA regulations. And I, I, I found them fascinating. And it's just, it, it, I was attracted to the field. Um, and so the military literally got me started into motivation to do some other work, um, not just like living life, just going out there and finding things that were important to me. And then those things that were important to me, they, they literally got me involved in safety. Um, and I, I fell into safety is the kind of the term that I use. I, I know it's a pun in the world of safety, but I, I thank the military for everything they've given me. As for logistics works, ex explosive shipments, firefighting and Hazwopper, all of those things combined um, gave me the motivation when I got out of the military to look for a safety job or a safety related job. And I happened to land one at a great company called Motorola and the rest is history. So I've been in the health and safety business since. Very cool. Very cool. And you talk about the connection with fitness and well-being and psych psychological safety and the total worker health. So can you explain that to our listeners? Yeah, the, the three of them have kind of crashed together. So recently in the last five or seven years. Um, and then even just this year, the kind of penultimate ISO 45,003 document came out. And so for those of you that are familiar with 45,001, this guidance document talks about psychological and psychosocial change and psychological safety. So with fitness and with well-being um, and NIOSH here in the United States, that's the National, National Institute of Occupational Safety and Health, they've cr created this research project called Total Worker Health. And now they've got recommendations that suggest that mental well-being, even stretching, even um, fitness, um, those things come together as an employee in its entirety. So when you look at an individual, um, those that are in shape, they've done some research, they found that they're more in tune with the safety process because 
they take cardio, they take fitness, they take those things seriously at home. But when they come into work, um, that we found that there's a higher um, kind of connection for those folks that do think about health and safety together. So from a fitness perspective, it just kind of kind of came together for me because I ended up losing a ton of weight. Um, and I found that my body felt better. I felt more in tune with what, you know, getting up in the morning, getting on an airplane. Um, those things became easier because I lost the weight and I was in a better shape. And so for me and your listeners, those folks that take the roller coaster ride for fitness, and I'm talking about fad diets and they're off and on again, you also will feel how your body responds. And so from a safety perspective, if your body is responding quicker, if your body's responding mentally, it does have a great effect. And there's a correlation to the world of safety, because if you're in shape, it's likely that you're going to be in safety shape. And that 24 seven approach is a, is a huge thing. So total worker health means, are you, are you in shape? Are you mentally fit? In other words, are you trying to fight that battle? And from a psychological safety, you got ISO 45,003 that gives you now guidance on how to do this for all of your employees. So now it's all come together. So the tools that are out there, NIOSH Total Worker Health, um, it'll help you and your employees, for those of you that have employees, and then also for yourself, um, getting in shape, better fitness, they all have a direct correlation, correlation to psychological safety. And it's a big push for me this year because I got that tone from my doctor that said, you actually need to do this or else. And that had a lot to do with losing weight. That's music to my ears, Tim, because I'm passionate about bringing health to health and safety. It's been my, but my passion and my, my mission to bring that to that world and really explain to people and make them realize a healthy worker is a safer worker. And I'm so glad to hear you say that from your perspective and it's in writing and there's proof and there's, there's evidence and there's a, and there's a plan moving forward to, to inspire our workers to be healthy so that they can be safer. So yeah, this, this makes me very happy to know that I'm not the only person thinking this way. <laughs> I'm on board with it 100%. And every time I go into a facility and I see people in there in a group area stretching and they're getting ready for the workday, it just makes me really happy to see that because that means it's important to the company and in the employees that are engaged in this, you know, you might get one or two that say, I'm not doing that. Um, mm -hmm. But still, you get the other 98% that's actually, you know, they're actually in there stretching and they're, they're feeling out the work day. When you stretch, you know this, um, it, it gets you get your mind right. And it's putting you in that position to be able to fulfill your work day. Um, albeit now that you've got your muscles moving. <laughs> but imagine that your muscles are moving psych, uh, physiologically. But now that your muscles are moving physiologically, also your brain is moving psychologically together in unison. And it makes a big deal. It does make a big deal. And you're right. Some people are, are, are pushing back a little bit on that concept, but they don't even realize that they need it or, or will enjoy it once they actually start to stretch and start to move. I bet you you've seen some of these employees start to like think, oh, you know what? This does feel good. Um, yeah, yeah do, I'm going to engage. <laughs> I don't do the biomechanics like you do, but I would suggest that when I go to the stretching events with these folks, just as attending as a third party, I see them saying, you know what? I'm glad we did that. Um, and those folks that are usually like, I'm not going to do this. Um, yeah. they, they actually change their mind throughout the progress. And I, I, I think for you, that makes the light bulb click for a lot of people. And that's important. That's an important tool. That, 
Absolutely. It's like the light bulb just went on. Yeah. Um, so you, you have a great way of speaking. You, you've become really um, good at sharing your message with humor. How do you make health and safety humorous? Well, <laughs> um, great question, by the way. Um, when I was finishing up my, my work um, at Motorola, I, I got invited to a couple of conferences to talk about engagement and retention. And it was my first time ever going out to a conference and I attended other sessions and it just quite didn't do it for me. Um, and I'm not saying that standing behind a podium and, and talking as a, as a lecturer is what most people were doing. I'm just suggesting that I felt like, why did I attend the session? And I, I'm not saying bad any, anything bad about anyone. I'm just suggesting that if I was mm -hmm. sitting in the session, I felt dumber for having to attend it. And in my mind, I wasn't saying that I'm better than them. I just said, well, what do we got to do to make these more engaging? What do we got to do to get people more involved? What do we got to do to, quite frankly, just have fun? So in the late 90s, I started to think, what is it that people want? And you probably remember at the late 90s, early 2000s, it was the invention of YouTube. And so people started to put these funny video clips on there. And I actually started to show a couple of those, not in spite of safety, not, not poking fun at it, but for the sake of safety. And I found that people were more engaged with those and they, they, the laughter was contagious. They got more engaged. There was more conversation. And then all of a sudden I started to think, let me put something together with the end result of better engagement, better retention, and quite frankly, just more fun. And I put a presentation together called the humor and safety, and it's been around for 21 years now. And it still is my most requested topic. Um, anytime I get invited to go to a conference, and when I deliver that as a keynote, seeing people laugh, seeing people engage. And when I say engage, I'm asking them to participate. I'm not asking them to sit there and listen to me lecture. I'm asking them now to participate. So I find those things that, that drive more engagement um, because quite frankly, you probably know this as well as I do. There's a lot of companies out there that feel like they have a lack of engagement and safety. And maybe it was like those late 90s sessions that I attended that they were just getting lectured to. They were just getting talked to. They didn't ask for their participation. They didn't ask for their input. And so the big drive is, is how do I provide humor? I like to have a good time. I think having a good time and having fun is, is contagious. And I also show that I'm not a comedian. I'm a safety professional, which is kind of funny in its own right, because people look at me, go, this, is, this guy's a safety professional. What's he going to bring? Um, but for me, um, the whole the whole end goal is engagement and retention. And if we can increase that in a conference, imagine what we can do in our in our individual either compliance training or safety training. You, you get more people engaged, you might have a better response or better return. And therefore, I find it drives injuries way down. Oh, for sure. That's the end goal. Absolutely. And I, I really do think you you learn better when you're having fun. Because your brain, your brain stimulated, you're having fun, you're paying attention. So I think it's a brilliant, a brilliant approach to bringing hu humor to, you know, health and safety is not a boring topic, but it, it, it could, it could get dry sometimes. So I'm glad that you're uh, keeping the, adding some spice to it. For sure. To keep it moving. Mm -hmm. um, a, a few moments early, a few moments earlier, you mentioned that you'd lost a lot of weight and we had a chat about your weight loss and you had some interesting things that that evolved or surfaced. So can you talk to us about why you made that commitment to your health and lost the weight? How did that start? What was your motivator? Um, you know how you buy a house, they usually say location, location, location is the most important. I'm going to use another L word. Um, liver, liver, liver. 
I, yeah, okay. my, I went into a I, I belong to the healthcare system of the government of the United States, which is the Veterans Administration. And at the time, there was a lot of changes, sweeping changes in the VA, but I ended up getting a doctor. Yeah, before all of that, I ended up having four or five different doctors because of the changes, but I ended up getting a doctor who I'm still connected with, who looked at my my blood results from a, a blood test, and there was a high liver enzyme called ferritin. And she said, this is kind of something that might spark some interest. Um, you might want to keep an eye on it. And the next test that the ferritin level went up and the next test it went up. And so eventually it got to about 500, which it should be below 200, like kind of like your cholesterol. So that the, the doctor got concerned and she basically gave me the tone, you need to lose weight or else. Now, before then, I'd always tried to lose weight, but then I was on a fad diet. Like I mentioned before, it was either keto or something that just wasn't sustainable. Um, and the reason why is I fell back into those habitual traps of, oh, I like sugar. I'm going to go ahead and do it one time. And then ultimately, that one time ended up being a long week and then another long month. And of course, the roller coaster ride, like I mentioned before. So losing the weight with that tone was important. And my wife happened to be in the doctor's room when this came out. And we just looked at each other and I said, I got to do something. So January after the pandemic started, I was 262 pounds and I got another liver result and all of my liver enzymes were elevated, not just ferritin. And I said to myself, what am I doing? To, what am I doing to myself? So I had to make some changes. So we literally went on this thing called a Mediterranean diet and that's sustainable. That was something that I could do because I could have a little bit of bread, but I had to make this commitment that if I'm going to go to have a sweet tooth, that kills me. If I go towards sweets, what am I going to do? So I found at Sprouts here in the United States, I can get sweets. That's not necessarily with sugar, but it's really healthy. It's really healthy fats. Um, anyway, to become healthier, I just made a lifestyle change. And I knew that I had to keep this change. And now do I have minor blips on the radar? Instead of having it a week long sugar fest, it's more like a day. And instead, you know, we travel for work. So sometimes, and I made excuses before that it was tough to make good decisions on the road. So what I do now is I eat the same thing on the road. I eat Caesar salads with uh, Caesar salad dressing on the side and then chicken wings that are naked. Cause I know that from a oil perspective that if they're naked, then they probably get grilled. So making those decisions on the road are, are very easy, um, but it was easy to say, I don't know. I'm on the road. I'm going to go ahead and eat the cheeseburger. So what prompted the focus? Um, it was my liver and my doctor giving me that tone, you need to lose weight or else. And so I said, you know what, it's time to make a lifestyle change. And, and that's exactly what I did. And I have had a lot of support. Um, a good support system helps. And my wife said, whatever you're going to eat, I'm going to eat on the same diet. And she's been very gracious about that. And I, I really appreciate that. So hearing the tone, making some lifestyle changes and having a good support system, it all came together. Well, congratulations. Now you've changed your diet, your lifestyle, but I also hear that your fitness regimen has changed. Are you are adding something interesting to it? Can you talk to us about that? <laughs> How do you stay active? Oh, I stay active because I play a lot of golf, but you know, golf, when you boil it down to it is just sitting in a cart and swinging a golf club and I'm, you're not getting a lot of high intensity training. So just recently, um, Apple Fitness is on my Apple Watch, and I was able to connect it to my Apple TV, and I found that there are 10, 20, 30, and 40-minute dance programs that are on there. So back in the early 90s, um, dare I say, 
I was a beat boy. And for those of you that don't know, that was a, yes, I did some dancing, um, line dancing to <laughs> line dancing to New Jack Swing and line dancing to, you know, beatboxers. And I also did some break dancing, but that was a long time ago. So now that I'm in my later ages, um, I find that these dance programs that are on Apple Fitness are quite, quite fun. And guess what? It kind of a connection to humor. Since they're fun for me, I actually am more in tune to want to do them. And I think it's important to know that if there's a program that's out there, people are actually engaged in having fun, it's more likely they're going to sustain it. They're going to do it more and more again. And so mm -hmm. since it's dancing, I find myself doing it more and more again. And I could throw open my iPad in a, in a hotel room, which, by the way, I ask for the first floor of a hotel room every time I go. If they give it to me, that's great. If they don't, I ask if the room above the conference center is available and they give it to me because I don't want to be bouncing on the floor and causing crazy commotion for the people below me. But anyways, that yeah, I try to incorporate those kinds of programs. That's fun and keeps me engaged. Um, and it does help out with the uh, staying in shape. I'm glad to hear that a man can dance and it's okay. It's okay to talk about it. <laughs> it's okay. Well, thank you. So I, I appreciate I'm it. <laughs> Well, I was pretty impressed when I found out that you actually dance for fitness. I think it's fantastic. Dancing is is my go-to fitness routine as well. So go, Tim, keep moving. Yeah, you, keep you burn wiggling. a lot of, yeah, you burn a lot of calories dancing. And that's, that's, you, if you're burning the calories, you're doing something and staying in shape. That's, that's a good thing. Absolutely. Now, how has the pandemic let's let's we're flip-flopping back to health and safety and wellness and it's it, it's because it's linked so when i'm going to flip back to the health and safety talk how has the pandemic affected the industry of health and safety have you noticed any difference um yes absolutely um oh that's a great question too so the pandemic now i'm just going to talk about for me and then what i've seen and in okay. the last say six months i've been to four major safety and health conferences and I see the activity is crazy. So there's a lot of things going on, but to me, this is going to be out of the box thinking here, but I think what it did, what I've seen is that it brought health and safety professionals to the foreground. So before it was just this person's job over here and maybe spotlight, if you will. And I think it highlighted the need for technical direction. And so a lot of a lot of questions that came out in the last say 20 months about what we spoke, what are we supposed to do? And so a lot of people actually turned to health and safety professionals and that gave them an opportunity to, to shine. And so some safety and health professionals have stepped up and said, here's a policy, here's a procedure, here's what we should be doing, here's what people should be wearing. So ultimately, I think the biggest thing is that it's brought safety and health professionals to the foreground or given them the spotlight. And I also want to say that it's brought better human connectivity in a time where human connectivity was taken away. And so what safety professionals and safety and health professionals were asked to do informally was to bring employees on the front line, managers, and maybe corporate entities together with the same language, with the same message and saying, this is what we have to do not only for just now for the pandemic, but also for the future, future pandemics or future problems. And so what you might've seen is yeah, health and safety professionals were brought to the foreground. But to me, what's most important is that we were able to drive connectivity in a time where people were socially distanced and might've been virtually. And now we're probably getting back to in-person meetings, but still 
safety professionals are just been asked um, for the procedures. But I think in my, in my perspective, I think people are now coming together and that human connectivity has been informally unasked, but also something that people have been able to do. So safety professionals have been bringing people together. And I think that's the most important. It is. And I've, I've noticed something similar too, Tim. I, I think the health and safety industry was dismissed a little bit and not really considered that important. It was kind of like a so I, something I just have to comply with, not really something that I'm really engaged in and really want to transform. So I'm glad that the connectivity has come out of this. Something good has come out of this disconnection with the pandemic. So sure. you were the right place at the right time. And I think what I do as well, if, if this pandemic didn't flip the switch to make employees and workers notice the, the value of their health and connectivity, then I don't think anything else would have. So mm-hmm. there okay. are, there are some, there are some blessings. So speaking of blessings, Tim, what have you encountered during the pandemic that you would consider a blessing that you're surprised to see? My goodness. <clears throat> you're just full of good questions today. So the biggest, the biggest thing for me is my family as a tighter unit. Um, there's a lot of things that have been revealed um, in the pandemic, but also now that we've been, I hate to say the word forced, but forced to come together, forced to stay home, forced to do things together. I, I think my family now in the entire family, and I'm not just talking about my wife and, and kids. I'm talking about my entire family. We're now a tighter unit and that brought human bonds. So maybe the bonds that didn't come together before you actually sought out how people are doing and you provided a better path towards empathy. And so what you've done is you've reached out to people you may not have reached out to before, whether that's through social media or picking up your phone. I just feel for me, I feel like there's a much tighter human bond. And I think that's so much more important than here in the United States. I'm not sure it's happening in Canada, but there's a huge spectrum disconnect. And so, and it's usually driven by a political wedge, but I, I feel like with the pandemic, even though how terrible it's been, it's also driven tighter human bonds. And I think that's extremely important. So for me, blessing wise, my family's tighter. The people that I haven't necessarily talked to in say a couple of years, maybe a few years, um, a little bit tighter now with them. The people that I'm speaking to, there's more, they're more inquisitive, they're more intuitive. The discussions are deeper. And I think I have to say from a blessing perspective, great question. That's what's what I've seen um, happen to me personally. That's beautiful. That's beautiful, Tim. Um, yeah, there's, we're, we're doing the same. We're, we're kind of experiencing similar, similar changes up, up here in Canada as well. And we, we do get divided. This pandemic has divided the nation, unfortunately, but, it, but at the same time brought people together. So I guess we can focus on that part, that component mm-hmm. and trust that eventually our differences will bring us back together. That's, that's what I hope to see. Okay. No, I, I'm full of good questions, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, you deep, are. Deep. I have two more for you because I'm not finished with you. So what are you looking forward to? So let's, let's look ahead and say we have the ability to move around more freely. Say the pandemic is under control, or maybe it's it's you know it's it's resting now. What are you looking forward to the most? Oh, um, I, I'm not necessarily tired of hearing people say let's get back to normal. 
what the pandemic has probably done is given us an opportunity to wash our hands more, which arguably we could do more. Um, we could avoid touching certain things that we wouldn't, that we would normally touch before the pandemic. That's a big thing. Um, but I guess to barrel down to your question, I, I think the most important thing that I'm looking forward to the most is not necessarily getting back to normal per se, because I'm going to still wash my hands more, but actually getting back to being human again. That's what I'm looking forward to. So whether that means you're going to you know, wash your hands or do whatever, I, I think that we can get back to in-person meetings safely. And then, you know, you can manage those things now. I, I think we can get back into the restaurants. Um, I did have a friend who visited Canada a couple weeks ago, and they said that they had to set down their vaccination card if they went into a restaurant. There's nothing wrong with that in my mind. Um, otherwise, you know, that means that you put yourself on a certain playing level. And so from, from my perspective, it's not getting back to normal because we're going to have to deal with the pandemic for a few more years. I just think it's getting back to being human. That's what I'm looking forward to the most. Oh, good. Good. Well, I think that's, that's possible. Me too. I think, it, I think it is. As I'm looking at all your Star Wars paraphernalia behind you. <laughs> um, so final question. This is really deep question. Very important. I'm sure our listeners want to know what is your favorite Hallmark movie and why? Oh my gosh. Well, I guess part of the reason why I like Star Wars so much, or maybe even Harry Potter or, or the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I, I like magic. And I think that any show Hallmark channel or not, anything that provides magic um, makes me, feel a certain way and i know that's kind of deep but i you know what when a when a family comes together there was a movie the other day called a christmas magic a, a, it sounds tragic but a girl dies and she comes back magic wise and she's supposed to help this family stay connected because they're on their separate ways and uh lindy booth a canadian actress from british columbia she um she was the actress that was brought back to life to bring this family together and her payment was that santa claus would let her live the rest of her life after she died from her tragic car accident because she brought this family together. Anyway, she fell in love with the guy and um, she had to let him know that that's what she was doing was going back to living her dead life. Um, but she was brought back to life. So that way she could be connected with this person. So Christmas magic, I think it was probably one of my favorites. Um, there's another one, a princess for Christmas. I, I God, this is crazy. I'm a guy that dances and now he's talking about how many Hallmark movies he loves. Uh, but a, a princess for Christmas has James Bond and Roger Moore stars in this one on the Hallmark Channel. And um, he's a British king or a king in Europe and his son's supposed to get married. He's betrothed to a, a particular woman, but he falls in love with a, a, a woman in the United States. And she has a niece and a nephew that she's been given because the, their, her sister died in a car accident. Same kind of crazy, tragic thing. But anyway, they fall in love and... Uh, there's some Christmas magic in the, in Europe. Anyways, anything with magic is what's important to me. Cause I feel like, um, I know it always ends with a happy ending. Uh, but for me, that's to me, Christmas is supposed to be one of those happy things and it should be filled with magic. Well, I, I'm not a Hallmark fan, but I think I'm going to tune in to, what is it? Christmas and magic. What's it a called? Cri Christmas, yeah, Christmas, magic. Christmas magic. And then a princess a for Christmas, Christmas magic. A princess for Christmas. Well, Christmas is around the corner. It's a couple, you know, short, I don't know, what are we, six, seven weeks, eight weeks? 
it's in the air anyhow christmas is in the air so you will be have you will be join other people will be joining you as they start watching those movies um but i want to tim this has been a great great chat i'm sure we could talk for a lot longer and um, unveil more things that we are both passionate about but we'll we'll end it for there for now and i want to thank you for your time well thank you for having me this has been fantastic i love great questions by the way thank you for for it seemed like there was a a central theme there in that human connection and um i appreciate you having me i really do it was it's been a pleasure merry christmas oh no sure (laughs) merry christmas thank you for listening to this episode of your wellness for more information on any of these episodes or to make a suggestion for a future podcast you can send an email directly to lisa at newdaywellness.ca that's L-I-S-A at newdaywellness.ca.